You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to Tribe Supper, the go-to Middlesbrough FC podcast brought to you by Gazette Borough. This is a special interview with the former Middlesbrough striker Martin Christie as he speaks to our very own Dom Shaw. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. The relaunch of the Tribe Supper and we're lucky enough to have our first guest, Malcolm Christie. Malcolm, we've had a long chat looking back on your career, the, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and there's going to be a feature, a long feature, discussing looking back on your career and where you are now on Teesside Live this week and, and in the paper early next week. Um, for the pod, I, I want to I talk to you about the, the Brighton goal, the goal that set Borough on their way, really, to Carling Cup success and, you know, an incredible few years. What I know, you know, having spoken to you previously, that your time at Borough didn't go to plan, but what do you remember about that goal? Well, I remember it just being, obviously, it was a start of... Um... It was the start of the season for us, so obviously we had the the early cup games and um, we were doing we were doing okay in the league. And um, I didn't actually start that game. In all fairness, I uh, I came off the bench towards the end of the of the, of the match. Obviously, it went into uh, it went into extra time, um, and then you know you're coming towards the end and you think, oh, is it going to be you know is it going to go to to a penalty shootout? And you know I I, I just remember um, obviously Jonathan Greening I think at the time got. Uh, got the ball down the left-hand side and put the ball across. And um, synonymous with quite a lot of my uh, my goals that I'd scored throughout my career, um, a few for a few for Middlesbrough, um, quite a few more for Derby, where I would sort of make that near post run in front of the uh, in front of the defender. Um, and I think it was just about improvisation, really. When I got to the when I got to the ball, uh, it was just a little bit behind me, um, and I just managed to uh, instinctively just uh, do what I, I could do best is is get some form of contact on it and hope that it goes past the goalie. Um, I suppose when I look back, I think that, that looked like a, um, a bit of a smart finish, in all fairness, the way that it, it flicked off uh, off the bottom of my, my foot. But um, like I say, I, I practised them in training where we do the crossing and finishing sessions and, and things like that. So um, at the time, you don't know really what the uh, enormity of the, the, the goal would hold uh, in Middlesbrough's history. Um, of course, you know, you, you just think that that's the, a first round goal um, against a lower league team, and you, you maybe think nothing more of it, but but you know, yes, Borough fans do still connect with me even to this day. You know, fast forward a number of years, and and it's one of the what I would say one of the only highlights. Um, it, it probably is in all fairness, but it, it's nice to be um, part of a little bit of history because you know, had that not have happened, you just don't know. Could they have got knocked out? Would it have been a different uh, a different cup run? Um, so it, it was it was nice to play that little bit of a part of it because at the end of the day, as, as you allude to there, Dom, that the, you know I wasn't fit and available. Unfortunately, um, that's been which missed the start of my injuries uh, came at straight after that. So um, you know it, it was it was difficult in a way to to be a to be a supporter as such um, to to see the the club lift the uh, the trophy in that way. Uh, but nonetheless, it's nice and and, and I feel honoured to be a, a small part of a, a little bit of history um, that Middlesbrough fans look at so fondly. You mentioned there the word instinctive for the goal. Is, is, does that sum you up as a striker? Is that what you were all about? I think so. I, I think 
you know, if you see um, any of the goals that I scored, they were the fact that I'm sort of playing on the, the last line of the defence or, you know, looking to get in front of people or, you know, looking to... Even if, even like my first Borough goal, I remember, which was against um, which was against Sunderland. Um, again, it was just a case of just, just sort of smelling something and, you know, even a back pass, which is under hit or chasing in on the goalie who's going to be a little bit clever to try and, you know, take it round you and things. So... And that was kind of what my game was about, is, is just always being on the front foot, um, always trying to be a little bit of, uh, of like one step ahead of a, of a defender. And you get your, your, your sort of five to ten goals a season by just ultimately just doing that. Um, you know, so that, that was a big part of my game. Um, obviously, I tried to um, improve on my hold-up play and my link-up play, which, which I tried to improve, um, you know, throughout my career. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the instinctiveness of, of some strikers' finishings and... You know, I, I just loved, I was a goal scorer. I, I, you know, I didn't play any other position um, throughout my whole career, really. Um, you know, I was a centre forward from the age of six up until uh, I, re I retired from football at 29. So, um, you know, that's all I knew and that's all I wanted to do as well, in all fairness. I never wanted to be a, um, a midfielder, a defender, a goalkeeper. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't the dream of mine to, to become one of, uh, uh, you know, a position that, that I played like that. You've launched you've launched a coaching academy now, which, which we'll touch on shortly, but... That, that instinctiveness, you hear it You hear it a lot, don't you? He's, he's a born goal scorer, he's a born finisher, he's a natural finisher. Can, can you teach that then? I think it's something that you can, you know, as, as, a, as a kid that I was growing up, um, again, when I think of things that I've got out of sessions that I've had with coaches at youth level, level semi-professional and professional, I've always sort of, you know, learned to just take something out of a session that we've, we've, we've done and that we can do um, and just listen, you know, because at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of the coaches and, you know, certainly in the professional game that I've worked for have, have coached and managed at the highest level. So anything, any tips and, and, and sort of little inside knowledge and, and, and playing with better players as well, playing with good players, players that have, you know, been there, you know, I've, you know, like your Janinos, your, your Ravenelli's, King Cladzies, Carboni's, you know, the, these, these players that are, that are really at the top of the game and have played at the highest level, you learn from them on a daily basis. So in terms of what I'm, offering in my, my coaching it's just things that I've learned and I've learned off other people that I'll pass on you know it, it might not be just the fact that we're doing a session that that every other coach can do it's about the knowledge and the know-how of, of maybe a move or a positional play a hold up where to stand um, so it, it's, it's a lot more to do with then just designing a session that that uh, that Joe Bloggs can do for for anybody it's just using my knowledge and know-how with them sessions to know how I've used them in training, in match situations that have got me to a particular level where I ended up, you know, playing regularly in the Premier League and representing my country. So, you know, and if people are receptive to that, i.e. the people that I work with, um, which I'm sure there will be, then they'll they'll only learn and, 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 and hopefully develop as best they can. Janino, King Cladzi, Ravinelli, and you know, if you put you in them with a the front four, that's a, uh, that's a gung-ho attack. Who, who, who's the best player you've played with? It's, I suppose that when you when you say best player, it, it you know do people then want to know the biggest name you've played with? I think that that's that's what people mainly allude to in in, in that respect. I think obviously Janino when I when I joined Middlesbrough, um, he was such held in, in such godlike state status that when I joined the club, um, you know when he when he came back and things like that. Obviously, it wasn't his first spell and his first stink, which he, he you know the Borough fans remember him probably better in that first spell for doing. You know, but just to, to have him around the place and know what he meant to the fans and what the fans meant to him as well, 
to be around that sort of character and that sort of player was was fantastic. Um, so I would say in terms of sort of big names and, and, and everything, what, what, what Janino offered, I think that he was he was superb. I mean, Gareth, obviously England manager, Gareth Southgate now, um, you know, I'll never forget the me and Chris Riggett signed from, from Derby and he just took the time. He was a club captain at the time. He took the time the day we signed just to sit us down and just to just to chat with us, you know, just to just to welcome us there. And I just knew from that, you know, I played against Gareth, but I just knew from from signing and having that um, that conversation with him over lunch. I just knew that what sort of guy he was. You just tell immediately that that, you know, he, he wanted the best for you, he wanted the best out for you. Um, and obviously, he's brought that on into his into his coaching, and is is a perfect fit for for the England manager because he cares about his players and he wants the best for his players as well. Um, you've touched on Ravanelli there again, a big name. Um, you know, when I, when I think of these players that the big names that I played with, I would have just loved to have played with them in their prime. You know, again, mm. Carboni was probably just not on his prime. Uh, Georgie Kinkladze wasn't in his prime when I played with him. He wasn't the same player that you know he was still fantastic. He was still an amazing player. But he wasn't the player that, that had played and graced in the Premier League for, for Man City a few years previous. Uh, similar to Ravinelli, obviously I've, I've followed Rav's career as, as you know, he's, he's a huge name. He's a huge name with Middlesbrough fans. And, and I had the, that was fortunate enough to, to play with him again. So to learn from him, with him on the training pitch, you know, again, the things he used to say to me on the training pitch and, and help me with positional play and, and what to do and when to do in a particular position is something that obviously I'll adapt my... Um, my coaching philosophy around that and the things that that were told to me that 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 I listened to and actually got something out of it's all well and good people talking to you but you only get something out of it if actually you apply it to your own self um so there was there was some great players that I've played with some experienced players I remember Igor Stimak um at Derby County was a big name player defender when I signed for the club he he pretty much encapsulated everything of Derby County when I joined which was a regular solid Premier League team which was finishing like eighth in the league, uh, the first season that I got there. Um, so there's been some big names, some good players, um, you know, certainly within Middlesbrough. I, I joined just after Alan Boxix left. It would have been nice if I maybe could have um, formed a partnership with him. Um, and obviously my, my strike partners never really managed to get a strike partner at Middlesbrough, in all fairness, because of the injuries that I had. I came in, uh, Massimo uh, Zillard Nemeth was there, uh, Joseph Job. Uh, and then obviously strikers came in, Jimmy Floyd, which was which was great to have such a big name player to play with with him as well. Mark Viduka was a fantastic player, fantastic guy off the pitch. I learned a lot from him um, in terms of hold up play of the ball. Um, Yakubu, um, our paths crossed um, at Derby County uh, many years ago when he couldn't get a work permit to play for Derby. So I, I actually saw um, what Yak was capable of a number of years ago. Um, and then he sort of obviously came back um, back into the, the country and in, into the Premier League and and, and did fantastically well um, at Middlesbrough at Portsmouth as well. So uh, I've, I've had the the opportunity of playing with some some good players, um, some great players, um, and I'm honoured to be uh, to be able to share the pitch with a lot of them. In all fairness, because you know as we spoke about the other day, Dom, the way that I came into to football was was a very strange and and and, and different one to to a lot of uh, the other footballers that that come into to football then and now. So. Uh, I was honoured to, to to just grace the pitch with uh, with, with all of them guys. To be fair, yeah. In, in a shameless plug for our piece, which will be online this weekend, you talk about what it's like coming from uh, working in a supermarket and playing non-league and playing for a Sunday League team to suddenly um, playing for, for Derby and playing in the Premier League. Was how long did it take for you to stop having to pinch yourself and and for you to actually think, no, this is this is my new reality. 
very, very good question because when I look back, I don't know whether I ever, I ever did that because I think when I first got involved in football, it was very difficult because I, I would, I would say that I never felt like, like there was a belonging there for me to do that because I came in the way I did. And I was always felt like maybe I was mentally a little bit of a stage behind and a step behind everybody because, you know, this young kid who's come from, from non-league football uh, into, and I, I always felt like, um, you know, it was, a, it was just an honour really to play. I mean, you know, I've, I've spoke before um, about how, um, you know, I used to, um, you know, a few years before I was a footballer, I mean, I used to be football mad, like me, 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 my bedroom and everything like that. I used to collect the magazines. I mean, the centre fold for the poster in the magazines, I used to take out, I used to fold it up, I used to put it in an envelope. I used to send it to the footballer to ask for autographs and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, that was only a few years before I was actually a footballer. So, you know, going in there, it was obviously, you know, daunting and things like that. And I, I don't know, I just, I, I think the more you do it, the more you, you, you train, the more you play, um, it becomes your way of life. Um, but, you know, I was always, you know, people will tell you, tell you who, who knew me and things like, you know, I was quite a shy lad. I don't mind, you know, because I think because of the way I got into football, I didn't feel like I could go in there and start being this brash flash type of character, which I'm, which I'm not I'm quite introverted in, in, in the way that I, that I was when I first got into football. So um, but that wasn't about it for me. It was just about living my dream, playing the football, getting out there, scoring goals and, and seeing what level I could possibly get to. Um, I got to a good level, obviously. I, I played regular in the Premier League and represented my country. So I'm proud and pleased for what I did in my career. It's just a shame that, that when I got that opportunity to move on to the next level, which was at Middlesbrough, um, that the fans and the supporters and, and, and everybody associated with the club just didn't, just didn't see the best um, person that I could be because of my injury situation. So, um, you know, right in the peak of my career, right when it was just about to, 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 to get, you know, right in the middle of the, the good years, the great years that, that I could possibly have personally as a, as a footballer. I know when I was joined Middlesbrough, we've said there that it was the most successful time and being around that club at that time was brilliant and fantastic to see it all happen and, and to win the trophies and to get in the finals and to, to finish in the league finishes we did was, was brilliant. What a, what a fantastic thing. I mean, the, the fans will still even, it's funny because the two clubs that I played for still, still even now to this day, remember the fun times when, not, not when I necessarily played, but when I was associated with a club. Derby County fans still remember their Premier League years a few years ago when, when we were going head to head against uh, Man United and, and your Liverpool and things. They remember them, they remember them fondly. Um, and again, Middlesbrough fans, they will remember the time that they won the Carling Cup. So it was great to be around two clubs there that the fans nowadays can look back and reminisce, and I can as well with them, and remember that some fantastic times that there was with the club. So, um, you know, I'm not, there's no regrets really of, 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 of looking back and thinking that things could have been different. Yes, they could have been, obviously, if I'd have stayed fit. I mean, I, I played sort of 47, 48 times for Middlesbrough in four and a half years there. I mean, like nowhere near enough, you know, nowhere near enough. Scored, I think it was nine goals I scored when I was at Middlesbrough. Again, nowhere near enough, but I just would have loved to have been able to just kick on with my career at Middlesbrough. But um, but injuries um, caused a, a problem in my career. And, and ultimately, um, when I retired, um, when I did, there was, uh, you know, I couldn't wait to get out of football. 
and obviously we, we you know you did move out of football you went into uh, you went into the the car business which i think is um is well publicized now now you're back in football your love's back you, you want to kind of give something back yeah for sure because i think because of the way that i got out of football um i've been explained there where i just i just couldn't bear anything so it wasn't even necessarily just being a footballer it was just anything associated with football i just didn't want to know when i retired i couldn't i couldn't watch matches i think just mentally i was just scarred from the fact that uh, i'd missed so many games and i had to go along to so many uh, training sessions and matches and and i think just every day just caused a, a knock-on effect to to me being in a position when uh, you know in, in 2009 when i decided that i just couldn't you know, there, I couldn't got my body wasn't even right anyway. So, you know, there was not nothing right inside me, outside me that, that could have carried on to do that. So, you know, for me to say at that stage where, you know, I'd sort of thought I don't mind admitting saying I'd have fallen out of love with football, which was I couldn't watch it. I couldn't think about it. I couldn't ever think that like or reminisce about the, 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 the performances or the goals or anything that associated me with being a footballer, which is sad because like that was my dream from six years old to be. A professional footballer so to lose all that was was hard and like at the time um you know I was a bit like I didn't know which direction you, you just sort of think football I just couldn't face it or another route of my life and I did I, 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 to I chose something totally different which which ultimately I think because of the fact that it wasn't what I've known and what wasn't what I've wanted my whole life. It took me a number of years. And the problem is when you're on a career path or when you're on a different path, it's not easy or not, not, not a simple decision to say, right, OK, I'm on this career path, but I don't really want to be. So I think, you know, I'm glad that I've come to a stage in my life where I've been able to make a decision and say, well, actually, you know, I'm not going to throw away the memories. I'm not going to throw away the love of everything that, you know, for, from like I've said there, from the age of six, which it was everything. Football was absolutely everything to me. It was like it was what what I wanted to do. It's what, what what we did at school. It was what we did out of school. It was what we watched on the telly. You know, and and just to throw that away and think that you know I'm not going to be associated with it anymore. It, it was it was just something that I, that I, I couldn't I couldn't accept. So you know, I, I'm so deeply passionate now of of getting back into football and, and offering something back into 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 you know because there has been dark times there has been there's been negative times but there's also what i can do now which i couldn't do before is look back at the positives is look back at the you know i did make something of myself and you know i did live out my dream and i would love to help support the footballers of today to just see them develop and to see because it's so exciting i mean i remember when i got into football into the professional game i just love the fact that I, I knew i was getting faster i knew i was getting stronger i knew i was learning the game and every day was just brilliant and you know again that's what i want to bring into my sessions is to say well you know whatever you do or however you do it you'll get something out of it so you know you will improve you know even if it's to do with a little bit of fitness you know, I just want somebody at the end of the sessions to know that they've got something out of it. And that's important to me. Um, so that's really where I'm at with with my journey with that is to, to know that I'm passionate about helping and supporting um, footballers of, of, of the future, um, you know, in and around the Teesside area. So that's that, that's important to me. Yeah, I was going to say that these sessions are going to take place in Teesside and, and the website's going live soon with, with more details. Yeah, so the, the plan is for the website to go live um, on or around the 19th of, of, of this month of March, um, where people will be able to register. Um, there's different options what people can do, um, whether they'd want me solely for themselves in a one-to-one -one session, 
um, whether they'd like to book into a group session as well. Um, or even if um, a football club, an established football club, want me to go in and just be um, a, a trainer for a session, you know, even if I can just boost the, um, the, the morale of the team um, to get people, again, thinking and feeling differently about themselves and about football and about an attacking player, because my sessions will be solely on um, the attacking player. Um, I thought long and hard about that because it was what, I've, as I've said there, Dom, about what I, what I was all about growing up as a kid and, and all I've ever known, I've, I've loved you know, the, 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 the strikers, my, you know, my heroes growing up, uh, you know, Mark Hughes, Gary Lineker, um, Alan Shearer, Andy Cole, um, you know, all these, all these people that I idolise, they're all centre forwards, you know, growing up. So for me, you know, in order to, 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 to look at that and focus on that, that's an area that I want to do and, and look at the attacking side of things and, and just try and develop, you know, the, the, my sessions, which incorporate that side of, the, of football, which I know better than anything. Great. Well, well, the very best of luck with it, Malcolm, and, and thanks again for your time. And um, we'll put the uh, more details of the of the coaching um, of the coaching sessions in the show notes. And obviously, as I mentioned, there'll be a there'll be a feature interview online this weekend, so uh, you can find out more there. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Dom. All the best.